City uh, because the man that had it doesn't need it anymore. Hallelujah. Uh, Dr. Jacobs gave me the honor of ministering. Uh, I think it was the second session on Saturday morning. And uh, before I even preached, God just, that healing anointing came on me. And we had a lot of instant miracles with people's eyes. And, um, and then later, um, going to the airport, you know, doctor had had a private, some private fellowship with the pastors, which is good, the host pastors. And they said they've been getting calls and testimonies about how so many that I laid hands on are seeing better. And, uh, but one man came up, he, he, he didn't have a vision problem. Well, actually he did, but I dealt with the cane thing. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, uh, I, I said, well, you going to take that back to your seat with you? And he kind of looked at me like, well, I, you know, I was thinking I might. And, uh, I said, what would faith do? Because God had already ministered to him, you know. And uh, I said, I tell you what, if you'll let me have it, then I'm going to take it home to America with me. And when I, uh, when I look at it, I'm going to pray for you. Amen. Uh, that God would complete what he's already begun in you and bless you in other ways. So I want to be faithful to that tonight. Would you pray with me? Yes. Now I'm going to get his first name. I don't have the brother's first name, but he's our brother. He just lives in another country. Father, we lift up our brother that you touched so wonderfully in Mexico. And we just so thank you that the anointing and the power of God that, that was evident in his body right then is at work even now, continuing to make him strong and whole and healed until every trace of what he was dealing with physically from the top of his head to the soles of his feet is completely gone. He stands completely well. And we give you all the glory and all the praise, Jesus, for what you've done, what you're doing, what you're doing in our lives. We're so thankful that you're the same today that you were when you walked the streets of Galilee. <laughs> oh, praise God, Jerusalem. We're just so thankful. And uh, anyone here tonight that needs healing, they could just take it. Because Jesus is here by His Spirit. We've gathered together in His name, and He's a healer. And so we thank you, Father, uh, for all the good that you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. So amen. Praise God for that. So hallelujah. You just get however that gets out of your way best, honey. Yeah, praise God. We'll open your Bibles tonight to Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, I just uh, sensed a different direction that we have been going to go tonight, and so happy to do it. And we'll go over here to Ephesians chapter 6 and, and get started. And I'm purposing, I'm not going to teach very long because I want us to actually practice what we're going to talk about. And I wanted to just remind us all tonight for a, a moment or two about the value and the vitality and the importance of taking time to pray in other tongues. To take time and pray in the Spirit. Amen? Now, if you're a visitor or a guest, we are what most people just people would use the term spirit-filled church. And uh, that's not just something that we have on a piece of paper, but we don't practice. We endeavor to, endeavor being, uh, to practice what, uh, what we understand from the Word of God is after you get born again, that the Spirit of God in a baptism of fire and His presence and empowerment and blessing wants to come upon the believer. Amen. He already lives in the believer's spirit, but He wants to come upon us in power. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 10 that the Holy Ghost fell. 
Well, how could he fall? He's living on the inside of me. I, the Holy Spirit's the Holy Spirit, all right? So, and he fell on those believers in the upper room. He fell on uh, Cornelius, his friends or his family and household that were there. And when that manifestation happened in both instances, they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. Another wonderful thing to testify, I had the honor, our service had to be canceled because of weather on, over in the Louisville area where Church on the Rock is in New Albany, Indiana. Dr. Jacobs' church he founded, Pastor Jordan Jacobs pastors it now. They could have church and they had invited me to minister. And uh, an eight-year-old girl that's uh, being in a foster situation, someone's taken this abused little girl in. She's just precious. And uh, she came forward and was filled with the Holy Ghost. And spoke with other tongues. Uh, amen. And uh, we just celebrate that. And, um, but, um, you know, the initial experience of being filled with the Spirit, speaking in other tongues is wonderful. But there is a, there's a reason why God gave us a language that we could speak out. Amen. And it's just so, so vitally important. And again, I'm, I'm not going to preach a long time because I want us to take a few minutes tonight before we leave and pray together in other tongues. Now, this is the way I've just sensed to be led. Um, we, we're going to take a few minutes to do this in two directions tonight. I'm going to hold up something that uh, that's, affects us all. I don't even know what it is yet, but we're going to pray together about it in other tongues. Amen. But then we're going to conclude tonight by, I want you to think of something. Amen. A situation could be something on your saying list, something that you're needing, a direction, an answer, a turn, a breakthrough, uh, someone uh, that you're ministering to or somebody that God's put on your heart. You say, what does speaking in tongues have to do with that? I'm going to teach you just for a moment about that. Amen. And... Uh, Praise God. So that, that's kind of the plan tonight. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Paul concluding, sort of summarizing, getting to the climax of his instruction and wonderful teaching on the armor of God. He says, praying always. So a lot of people, they, uh, they stop on their armor of God teaching and they, they forget the whole point of the whole matter. Amen. The whole, where Paul was leading to is praying always. Praying always. Amen. Are you, are you praying in this season of your life? Well, this says praying always. Pray without ceasing, another verse says. And with, now notice this says with all prayer. Uh, other translations say all manner of prayer. The way, a, a, a good modern way to understand what Paul's saying here is every kind of prayer. There are different kinds of prayer. Amen. And uh, they not all operate by the same rules. That's not really my lesson tonight. Praying always with all prayer, every kind of prayer, and supplication. Now notice this, in the Spirit. In the Spirit. Not in the flesh. Not out of just your mental being. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Let me read that to you from the Amplified. The Amplified pray, says, pray at all times. Amen. On every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit. With all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance. So evidently, it's, it's, it's important. It's important, amen, that we pray in every season, at all occasions, in the Spirit. And that we persevere in it. Amen. That means you're going to pray in the Spirit longer than your flesh wants to pray in the Spirit. 
Amen? And then when you have opposition and attacks on your mind and distract, you're going you're gonna to overcome that. It says to the end that we keep alert and that with strong purpose, perseverance, interceding on behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. The, uh, the Kenneth Weiss translation says it this way, praying at every season by means of the Spirit. Not just, you're, so this evidently, if you don't know what this is, it's got to be something beyond your intellect, beyond just your mental. Uh, there's a lot of, men, if you just limit yourself to mental praying, you're going to be greatly hindered in your prayer life. Amen? And me too. So praying at every season by means of the Spirit and maintaining a constant alertness in the same or in that stance. The New Living Translation says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Amen. I want to get this quote in. I, uh, I downloaded the audio book of Richard Sigmund's book, My Time in Heaven. It takes about almost five hours for the guy to read it. Well, I had a lot of travel yesterday and a lot of driving by myself, and I listened to almost the whole book. He was in a single car accident. The, the, the police said... Uh, that it looked like God clapped his hands on your vehicle and just crushed it from both, both sides. He was dead for eight hours. They had him in the morgue, in line with other bodies, to be embalmed. He'd been in there with a sheet over his head and a tag on his toe for eight hours. And when he got back in his body, the first thing he said was, yeah, he's been dead, he's, you know, he's, get, he's getting close to being bombed. And he sat up and threw the sheet off and said, I ain't dead yet. He said one of the nurses lost her bowels. People were screaming. Doctors were crying. This is a miracle from God. If you, it's called My Time in Heaven by Richard Sigmund. You don't have to believe it, whatever, but got a lot of scripture in there and bears witness with me. And so he had spent eight earth hours in heaven. And he said when he awakened under the sheet, he could feel his bones mending. The bone, he had a compound fracture in his wrist and, and he felt it go back in. Pop, 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 pop. And he stood, he sat up and said, I ain't dead yet. I was just, anyway. In one of the chapters I was listening last night and uh, he was taken to an area where he saw this flurry of angelic activity and he was allowed to understand what was happening there in this area of heaven. And he said, well, these angels are busying about preparing the blessings that God wants to bring into his people's lives, these specific people, because they took the time to pray. Hallelujah. And then Jesus walked up. Most of this time he was escorted by angels around to see different things. And, but Jesus walked up and he made this statement. He said, God orders our tomorrows by our prayers today. God orders our tomorrows by our prayers today. Invariably, when we are praying about tomorrow or what is going to happen down the line, it is because God has a blessing in store for us. And the devil wants to steal it away or trip us up. We know that's right. When we pray earnestly, it releases God to go into our tomorrows 
and lay a trap for the devil and make sure that our blessings are there right on time. This is something I was told by the Lord when I was in heaven. So I'm going to repeat the main statement I'd love for you to remember out of that quote. God orders our tomorrows by our prayers today. Hallelujah. It reminded me of something that Brother Hagin taught and said. He said this, Being led by the Spirit does more than avert trouble in our lives. It also helps us usher in wonderful moves of God. Great and mighty things have happened in the past as God's people have prayed. And great and mighty things are going to happen more and more. But they're not going to come just because God decides, well, I'm going to bless this one and that one. No, they are going to come as a result of our praying. Amen. Then he, Brother Hagin made this statement. In fact, now referencing praying in other tongues specifically, the greatest things that have ever happened to me in my walk with God has come as a result of praying in other tongues. Now we're talking about someone who was maybe the voice in a generation for the body of Christ on earth, in my opinion. And he said, the greatest things that have ever happened to me in my life. In another place, uh, I read it today, and I, I knew that, but just refreshed myself. He said, uh, the greatest miracles of healing I've ever saw in my life, that God used me indirectly, they came after God had led me into extended seasons of praying in other tongues. Then he said something that interested me. He said, the greatest financial miracles we ever had in our ministry, or for me personally, happened after I was led to an extensive time of praying intensely in other tongues. Now, the unrenewed mind would not connect financial miracles and increase with praying in other tongues. Amen. Hallelujah. And I just, I just sensed tonight that I should stir us up and to remind ourselves. I couldn't find the quote today, but it goes something like this from Brother Hagin. He said, the the terrible things that shouldn't happen in our lives but do. The good things that should happen in our lives but don't. Don't because we didn't pray in other tongues. Amen. Hallelujah. And it, it really syncs up with what Richard Sigmund said the Lord told him. God is ordering our tomorrows by our prayers today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I know how the flesh fights us in praying. Uh, and, but there's a reason why the devil in the flesh fights praying so very much. Amen. And it's whatever we need to do, we need to step beyond the veil of our flesh and to give ourselves as much as possible to this wonderful, wonderful opportunity and privilege we have of praying in the Spirit. Quickly go to Zechariah chapter 4. I wanted to relate something to you from my own experience. Zechariah chapter 4. Many of you um, were, but many of you were not with us during that journey we had from Jackson Street to here in building, buying this land and building this building. Well, you know, it was pretty easy, if you will. We didn't have a lot of opposition. 
in acquiring the land and it was miraculous. We came into possession of the land. And uh, then I asked God, I said, well, God, you told me to build. I don't want to take the next 10 years paying this land off. What do I do? I wished I hadn't asked him. He said, sell your building. Well, you know, you typically wouldn't want to sell a building until you have a building. But he said, sell your building. Long story short, so we did. And so we rented facilities and we did different things. And we had the 08 crash and the economy was bad. And we'd moved into a wonderful friend of the kingdom. You know, um, it's called the, uh, they've changed the name of their church now. It's called the Equip Church, yeah. And the Strong family invited our congregation in. And we met in that building for almost five years. And we had Saturday church. But anyway, we, we got to a place where we just, in my mind, we could go no further. We had just, we had poured the foundation. We had gotten the shell of the building up, but no bank would touch us. Um, our numbers at church were kind of dwindling. And I know my wife was tired of it. Sue, our, my assistant at that time, we were so tired of bank application after bank application, all the stuff they want, only for them to de deny, 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 deny. And I just got to a place where I just felt like I've gone as far as I can go. And now I'm waiting on God to do something. Well, I don't remember what that night, what prompted me, but I drove down to the sanctuary and nobody was there. I unlocked the door. I went in the sanctuary. I turned on just a light. It was very dark. I, just, I didn't want to burn a lot of electricity. I just turned on a, enough light I could see to get around. I pulled the chair out. It's after midnight. And I just sat there and I started talking. And God took that opportunity to talk to me. And he said, son, go read Zechariah chapter 4. And we don't have time to read all of it. But, you know, if you remember, the Jews are back in the land. Nehemiah has been used to rebuild the wall. The city's being rebuilt. But now the temple is supposed to be rebuilt. And they got the foundation of the temple laid. There was a man in charge of that. His name, he was the governor then. His name was Zerubbabel. Please don't name your baby Zerubbabel. <laughs> I'm just going to call him Brother Z, all right? Don't name him Zerubbabel. But interestingly enough, they had got the foundation laid, but they couldn't go any farther. There was opposition, and he and the people around him were discouraged. And an angel shows up. And he sees a vision, and in verse 5, let's pick it up right there. The angel that talked with me answered and said unto me. Now, the angel shows up, and he's showing the prophet Zechariah this vision. But it's really to get a message to Zerubbabel. Are you with me? I said, are you with me? Okay. We talk back in this church in a good way. All right. Amen. Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? He saw the vision of the candlesticks. He said, no, my Lord. Then he answered and spoke unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Brother Z, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, uh, grace, grace unto it. Uh, verse 9, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. Amen. What an encouraging word. And you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. Praise God. And so God directed me there 
And he said, now see, son, not by power. I said, Father, this is the way I did it. I said, Father, I know that. I don't have, I spent all my power. I shot all my ammunition at this project. I, I, don't, I don't have any more power. And he said, did you notice it's not by might, meaning not by the might of the army, of, a, of an earthly army. I said, I know, I know, we ain't got no might. We spent all our money. We, we have gone as far, that's what I'm telling you, Father. We have gone as far as we can go. I know I don't have any power. I know I don't have any earthly might. You don't have to tell me. He said, what did I say next? He said, by my spirit. I said, I know, Father, I need, that's what I'm waiting on you to do. Do something by your spirit. Anybody, y'all, you weren't there that night praying, but you remember where we were. Yes. <laughs> About that time, I think we had the little uh, PVC pipe. We needed a million, $300,000, something like that. And we spent, I don't know, six months raising 10,000. What is 10,000 to 1.3 million? You remember, and every time someone gave a, th a 500, we'd put a little piece of the PVC puzzle in it to get that pipe laid. And Dr. Dufresne came during that time. He was so sad. He said, put a couple, I got a thousand. Put some, put some pipe down on that. Remember that, honey? He felt so sorry for us. Get some of that pipe down. Come on, I got a thousand. Oh, God. So I said, I know. And he said something to me that night that revolutionized my thinking. He said, son, you think you've done all, because you've done all you can do in the natural, that there's nothing else you can do that will have an effect on moving this assignment forward. He said, you're not thinking right. I said, well, talk on, sir. He said, and this is a statement. He said, now he talked to me as if he's up there. God the Father's up there. He said, son, for anything down there, here on the earth, to be done by my spirit, someone down there must be in the spirit. It's not just a matter of you waiting on me. There is something you can do. And he was giving me an assignment. Are you with me? Give yourself. He said, this, the only way this is going to work is this, if you do it by my spirit. I said, I know. I know. I don't have some multimillionaire giver in my church I can butter up and lean on. I just don't. Praise God. That'd be great, but I just don't have that yet. I said, yet. Not that I would butter up the millionaire anyway, but it'd be nice to have their tithe. <laughs> right? I'll tell you a quick story. said, uh, uh, there's two guys off in a, in a dangerous situation and they're all deserted and one guy's cool. He's just, he's not worried about nothing. The other guy's freaking out, freaked out, freaked out, freaked out. He said, finally he said, why, why are you not concerned about our situation? He said, oh, I tithe $20,000 a month to my pastor. He's going to find me. <laughs> He's going to find me. <laughs> he will not rest. <laughs> we heard that from Richard Roberts, I think. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's funny. Did he tell it publicly? Okay. Sorry. Anyway. Remember what God said? He said, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And he said, son, 
if something's going to be done by my spirit down here in the earth, someone, meaning you, buddy, need to be in the spirit. So that's what I did. I gave myself. And I just gave myself. And I don't know what time I went home that night, but that was my assignment. I did my daily duties. If I had opportunity to talk to a banker, I did. But I knew I had something I could do. And it took a couple of months. But all of a sudden, after just, just giving myself to an hour here and two hours there and 30 minutes here and 15 minutes here, holding that before God and praying in other tongues, God got in. It was His way of getting in and moving something forward. Amen. Brother Hagin said this one time. He said, praying in tongues will fix stuff when nothing else will. Now only someone who's been on that level for that long in ministry might be able to tell you that. Amen. But there, we must not neglect as we're going through our life. Amen. And we're employing all the things that God has put in our hand as a wonderful thing like confession and our shield of faith and praise and worship. This wonderful, wonderful mechanism called praying in the Spirit. Now, are you, because time's getting away, are you thinking about something that you need movement on? And you've tried and you've tried and you've tried. You've done everything you know to do. There, you just don't see any natural way that that could come about. There is a way. You don't have the power. You don't have the might. That's all right. It can be done. I said it could be done, but it'll have to be done by the Spirit. And for that to happen, somebody down here has got to be in the Spirit. What did Paul say? Ephesians 6, he said, praying always in the Spirit. Now, just quickly, a couple references. We're going to spend a few minutes in prayer. Uh, let's go to uh, Romans 8. Someone say amen. amen. Now, if, uh, if, you've, if you're born again, you're a child of God, but you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost and you want to be, I'd be, I'd be happy, happy to pray with you. You don't even really need me to ha uh, pray with you. Uh, you say, Father, I need this. I want this divine empowerment and this heavenly language that comes with it. And up from within your being, when we start praying, many, many people, denominational people would say, oh, I could have been. They didn't know the scripture about it. But once they saw the scripture on it, they said, oh, I could have prayed in tongues a long time ago. I didn't know I should yield to that. I didn't know what that was bubbling around inside me. But when they saw it in the Word, they just yielded to it. It was there all the time. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, and the fruit, how did that story end? Well, you know, we got, things broke loose. Things began to happen. And we got the financing. Amen. And then the train was on the track. And I just, I just knew that's part of my responsibility in this divine partnership with God in this building, this building is to be in the Spirit. I don't know if you're getting it, but I'm trying to help you. Hallelujah. All right, Romans chapter 8. have got to do this quickly. Romans 8, 26 through 28. And uh, so Paul says, Likewise, the Spirit. Who? Spirit. Holy Spirit. What does He do? King James says, He helpeth. The one Scott Greek scholar I've studied after said, that there's actually three Greek words that is in this helpeth. And you could put those three Greek words together and it means to take hold, 
together with against. So notice that the, the Spirit of God helpeth. He takes hold together with, not by himself, with against. Against what? Against that mountain, against that hindrance, against that obstacle. See, we were facing all, we were facing demons and opposition and impossibilities and mountains of every kind. Amen. And the Holy Spirit. Right here, Paul said, he will take hold together with you against that, but it's not by himself. And God was saying, Chris, you got to do your part. And my part was simply hold that up before the throne and the spirit of God by giving me divine. We're going to see that in a minute. By giving me utterance in the spirit is going to take hold together with me against that opposition. You got some opposition, pastor? I think you do. Amen. There's something you can do. Other than the natural things you've done. Right? And I'm not saying you're not. I'm just reminding you. Amen. I know you face opposition in what you do for God. Amen. There's, and I know you know this rebel. I'm just reminding you. I know you guys in the medical, you talk to me about the headwinds you face all the time. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me? He wants to take hold together with us against... Against what? Well, the next word is those infirmities. Now, most people, Christian people, they think infirmities is just sickness and disease. No, it just simply means a weakness. And the weakness here is a prayer weakness. For we know not what we... Didn't say how. That's not our weakness. We know how to pray. But many times it's what. What about this do I pray? I prayed everything I know to pray in the natural. I confessed my need, you know, this until I'm blue in the face. Amen. For we know not what to pray for as we should or ought, but the Spirit, King James missed it, New King James corrects it, the Spirit Himself makes intercession for, I, I like it, through, through us with groanings which cannot be uttered, cannot be uttered in English. Cannot be uttered in articulate speech, P.C. Nelson said. Greek scholar, he spoke 37 languages. Amen? It's not that words aren't said, it's just you can't speak it in a known language. Amen? And verse 27 says, And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Hallelujah. Oh, quick. Romans, not Romans, 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. Somebody say amen. amen. I know this is a very capsulized teaching. And uh, I've got sermon series in the archives on this subject. But 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. For he that speaketh, in it, not, not him that doesn't speaketh, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. Amen? That's what our denominational friends need to understand about tongues. They say, well, good is it to pray something you don't understand. I'm not talking to myself. And I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to God. And He understands every word. And the devil can't get in. It's encoded, encrypted, VPN approved communication between us and God. Amen. 
speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him. Howbeit, now notice that, in the Spirit. In the Spirit, he speaks, in my Bible I wrote next to it, the plan. Moffat says divine secrets. Divine secrets. Well, is there any value in speaking to God in an unknown tongue in divine secrets? There must be. God made it available. He put it in the Bible. It's got to mean something. It's got to have some kind of value. Some of you are looking at me like a dog at a new pan. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men but unto God. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Now again, I've got to stop this so we can have a few minutes to, to practice. But um, in the 14th verse of this chapter, in the Amplified, Paul said, For when I pray in an unknown tongue, uh, my spirit prays. Amplified says, The Holy Spirit through my spirit prays. Oh, I tell you what, it's good to pray what you know out of your own ability. But my God, we got to admit, that's when the Holy Ghost, who lives in your spirit, begins to orchestrate the prayer. And Romans says he's going to do that in perfect agreement with the perfect will of God. Then we, have, we become a mighty force. We become, uh, 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 you know, co-laborers with God on a plane most Christians never touch. And it's why the devil fights it so hard. Tries to get Christians to fight about it. I'm not going to fight you over tongues. You lost me. Have you spoken? If you're going to fight me about tongues, let me ask you. Have you spoken? No. Well, then what do you know about it? What do you know about it? If you want to tell me, you know, uh, drinking a, a, a gallon of vodka wouldn't have any effect on you. I, I know that's not right because I did it. So we can't have an intelligent conversation until you've done it. And I advise you not to go do it. People that want to fight you over tongues never did it. And everyone that I, I, I've met that has, you lost them. They know it's good. They know it's right. They know it's from God. Hallelujah. If you have questions about it tonight, you could get the bookstore in my little book. Right? What it means to be spirit-filled. Or do we have any white tongues from brother? I don't know, probably not. But the, I wrote that little book to help you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. How many of you could say, you know what? I, I'm loving God. I'm serving God. But, I, you know, I kind of, I'm glad you reminded me about this because I haven't been speaking in tongues as much as I need to. Anybody? Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's stand up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Master. Father, talk to me a moment. Praise God.